episode six of the Tarab mini series. This is your host, Helena Riot, Helena Riot, and with us today we have the wonderful Mona Mieri. Mona Mieri is an independent Palestinian American artist, singer, songwriter, and lawyer based in New York City. Mona's first appearance was at the age of five as she participated in the World Children's Day Festival in Chicago, where she performed the song Kalimet by Megdal Rumi and Nazar Kobeni in front of a thousand people. Growing up, influenced by various artists, Mona chose to focus on Middle Eastern music, specifically music from the Levant. She devoted her musical career to enriching Arabic culture and music through the years by exploring and reapplying the Arabic language to songwriting and different kinds and types of music from all over the world. Mona started performing officially at the age of five, where she was known for singing in honor of justice and resistance for Palestine and the Middle East. She participated in several festivals and concerts as she also toured around the MENA region, Europe, and the US. Mona's currently working on her own debut EP album that contains songs and compositions written by her in collaboration with artists from the Middle East and the United States. Thank you for being here with me, Mona. Marhaba. <laughs> Marhaba. So I'm really, really, really excited about this episode because you are the first um, female guest on um, the Tarot podcast. Um, I'm lucky. <laughs> no, I'm lucky and we are lucky. Um, and that is something um, that was quite challenging because it is a very um, male-saturated field or male-saturated bubble, this um, is, level yeah. Tarot, shall we call it. Um, mm-hmm. circle particularly <laughs> in the diaspora and not even actually um even in the region and the reproduction of songs that you would classify as thorough um and i guess i wanted you to talk a little bit about that of course i would love to <clears throat> um let's start with tarab in general how about that yes let's do that Um, well, between, uh, a lot of definitions, I think that I have it balanced between the formal definition, which I see it as a cultural historical domain. And by that I'm referring, uh, to the heritage of a thousand years ago. And of course I'm including, uh, the golden age, right? But to me, as a woman, as an artist, and as a human being. Um, Tarab is more about a musical effect, a deep emotional response by a listener that leads to this unique um, to this unique connection uh, towards this piece, or uh, sometimes it's, a, it's this very specific part of that piece that evokes exaltation, a sense of yearning, elation or rapturous uh, delight. It's basically uh, the feeling of timelessness. Mm -hmm. And for as long as I remember, uh, this feeling was within me. And this is when I knew that this is the kind of emotional musical experience I want to be able to provide to anyone uh, who listens to my music. These past years, we're kind of experiencing a lack of this emotional, um, musical um, experience. feeling, experience. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 
question. Yeah. And why do you think that is? Um, it has to do something with how the word is evolving mm -hmm. in so many different aspects and especially the music world. Mm -hmm. And it has a lot to do with the music industry. Right. And I think to summarize a little, <clears throat> sorry, summarize a little bit what you're saying, I think we're so used to having things quick and accessible and Tarab requires oh, yeah. space and the luxury of time. And really, like this, this, um, this presence that is very hard for us nowadays oh, yeah. with all our devices and all our constant distractions and the, the, the urgent culture we now live in. And Tarab is almost the opposite of that. And when you were describing oh, yeah. Tarab, you, were, you made it seem like a religious experience. And oh, I think yeah. it kind of is, right? Of course. I mean, it's, uh, for me, it's, it's this sacred uh, feeling. I, don't, I mean, I tried my, pe my best to, to describe it, but um, it's something that, it's ba that is basically priceless. And it takes a lot of, of effort and a lot of, a lot of authenticity to mm. bring it to the world. Yeah, because it's yeah it comes from the heart. It, it goes to the heart. Oh yeah, right. Like our saying in Arabic, Exactly, it's all about ihsas, and that's why we yeah. get goosebumps. That that's why it 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 affects our. Uh... Oh, I'm getting goosebumps as you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. I wanted to talk about what Tarab is to Mona and how it came to be such a big part of your life. Well, um, as I mentioned before, uh, I know it's it's this uh, huge, uh, priceless genre. How I got into Tarab. So as I also mentioned before, uh, growing up, uh, listening to all these legendary artists and uh, from all over the MENA region, especially uh, the Middle East and Levant. Um, it, was, it was something that, it was something unique for me as a, as a child, let's say. I was intrigued by the Middle Eastern uh, Levantine Palestinian culture mm -hmm. in all its aspects. Mm -hmm. And I got curious about it and I was lucky that both of my parents were uh, involved in the cultural in the Arabic cultural scene mm -hmm. so I was ex I was exposed to um, many sides of this culture being raised knowing where I'm coming from my roots uh, getting all educated about uh, the history um, the culture about home, which is Palestine, was one thing. And witnessing and experiencing the whole story was a total different thing for me. Moving to Palestine was challenging. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. Perhaps was it because you you grew up for a portion of your life here? Yeah, and I'm in Chicago. Yeah, and I'm wondering if that had to do with like, the allure that you had towards the culture because it was something you had at home, but then when you went out into 
public spaces, it wasn't there. And it was just something that you felt was like a little mysterious. And then perhaps, I, I mean, I don't know. And then how did moving to Palestine reinforce that, change that? Um, as I mentioned before, like uh, growing up uh, or being being raised, knowing where I'm coming from uh, has eased the process for me. So I was like, I was kind of trying to explore who I am or like um, at some point as a kid, I wasn't sure about my identity because I had uh, classmates from all over the world, like Japanese, Korean, Mexican, and I'm Palestinian, uh, Ukrainian from all over the world. So, and we're living in in the U.S. and the U.S. for me specifically, I'm maybe I'm gonna get attacked for it, for what I'm about to say, but doesn't have any some any sort of culture for me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so being raised knowing where I'm coming from or um, getting educated about the history of the Middle East uh, draw my attention as a kid. Like I wanted to know more. I, I got curious. I, I was like, I was looking forward to, to meet more Arabs and I wanted to dig in that culture. Not only for, not only uh, in the music side, I was trying to, uh, to read or to watch uh, movies, um, uh, to 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 get to know uh, maybe some composers, mm-hmm. uh, the whole cultural scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I as I uh, mentioned before, like uh, getting to know about about all these stuff while growing up in the States was one thing and witnessing and experiencing the whole story was a mm-hmm. totally different thing. It was, um, and you experienced that when you went, when you moved to Palestine, when, when I moved to Palestine. Yeah. Um, but moving to Palestine was challenging yet. One of the most important things that happened to me and to my musical journey it was my first shift in music mm. as I was in the center of the Middle Eastern culture growing up in the Galilee mm. in Akka specifically mm. has added magical sprinkles uh, to this journey. As you are close to almost every area in Palestine and you'll get exposed to almost every corner of that culture as mm. each area got influenced differently. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Northern Palestine, for an example, got influenced by the Lebanese culture and, and music as they share borders with the southern part of Lebanon. And geographically speaking, they are much closer to Lebanon than to Jerusalem, which is still in Palestine. Mm-hmm. In Nakka, Haifa, Yaffa, which is the coast you'll get to see how people are influenced by the Egyptian repertoire mm, and culture more more than any other uh, culture. Mm-hmm. And that could be as a result of a lot of things, but maybe for the sake of old times when borders didn't really take significant part of mm-hmm. people's uh, lives and artists from all over the MENA region would come and perform in Palestine, like Im Kultum and Abdul Wahab, who mm. performed in Jaffa. Mm. On the other hand, 
um, growing up there, listening to my grandparents and other people, resistance uh, stories about Nakba, the catastrophe, and how they got uprooted and displaced from their homeland mm. while is experiencing and witnessing the occupation in different ways mm. has taught me that music or a song is not just a song. It's mm. much more than that. It's, um, it's a world. It's a message that I can reflect, commemorate, and practice resistance yes. through it. Being able to create and produce music under such acute circumstances is resistance. And this is when I got into the resistance uh, music scene and how I got known for it. Uh, Singing the Palestinian uh, Levantine folklore, Palestinian songs about resistance. I love it. Mm -hmm. I felt proud mm-hmm. uh, especially of presenting the art of legendary Arab female artists uh, mm-hmm. who, who presented womanhood at the forefront of national identity determination solidarity mm-hmm. singing about politics as well as uh, romantic uh, epics right it's 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 unique and and a priceless heritage of that culture and Arabic music that I will preserve and commemorate throughout my journey. Yeah. But it's also important to me to use it as a tool and not a theme yeah. that will help me evolve and explore different kinds of music in order to present who I am as an artist Mm. and human being and that's the most important thing to me and for my musical journey and career Mm. that's really lovely Mona and I I didn't realize that like you can be in one place but depending Palestine Palestine and depending on where you were there were different cultural influences oh yeah big time yeah, and I really. I wish what... I wish that y- you can visit Palestine one day, it's so you can see it and you can experience the whole thing. Uh, it's gonna be like a lifetime experience that you. I'm I'm pretty sure it will add so much to you as a person. Yeah, and and I find so beautiful that you said that. It is, it is a message and it is a tool, like creating music like this, and I think. Perhaps that's what's missing. I think that's what was that's what is pivotal to Tarab and is missing in a lot of music today. Um, and I'm not saying there aren't elements of it, mm-hmm. but the the creative process was a much more respected and delicate one um, before. And I say the word delicate intentionally because. Mm-hmm. It's it's fragile. Well, no, that's not that's a wrong word. It's it's um it's precious, it's and it precious, needs yeah. and it needs to evolve and take its time and and pivot and where the way the industry exists is to like turn out music, right? Oh yeah, um, I totally agree. And so I wanted to ask Mona as an artist and who has lived in the region, which I'm so jealous of. Um, (laughs) 
your biggest influences growing up? Like, if you could give me names, names of songs, like first thing that pops oh, into your head. The hardest question. I know. No, 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 no. And this, gonna... this is the question that that I, this, these kind of questions that I try my best to avoid or like ignore. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna ask you an even harder one next. <laughs> oh God. Um. Wow, that that's a hard one. Um. I mean, growing up listening to M. Kultum, to Abdul Wahab, to Fairuz, to um, Sabah Fakhri, to Wadi al Safi, all these legends and divas, um, obviously, like, influenced, influenced me as an artist and influence the way I want to pursue this career or the way I look at my musical career, especially like when I talk about female um, Arab artists, um, they were rebellious. Let's be honest about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like back in the time, it was kind of taboo for women to sing. They would say like in Arabic, I'm going to quote this, صوت المرأة So, um, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Is like saying the voice of a woman is... Is disgraceful. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be loud. Mm-hmm. Like, even if even when you speak, they would mm-hmm. say, Shh, like, what is it? Like, mm-hmm. Lower your voice. I got that um, growing up because I'm a loud person. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I had my own, like my own female uh, artists, uh, idols, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because for me they were uh, rebellious. They 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 just tried to do what they had passion to do, and it takes it takes effort. It takes courage. Courage. It takes a lot of hard work to. Uh, And they gave up having a normal life when you chose this route almost like you, you, you weren't marriage material. You weren't what a man wanted to marry. You had to give up a lot of things. You had to sacrifice a lot of things if um, you, you, you chose this path, which is quite heartbreaking that you had, it had to be either or like that, that you were, that you were almost punished by the world. Oh yeah, for daring to be a bold woman who follows her heart. That's that's true, and and these women have this very uh, fierce, uh, strong character. I mean, following your dreams, and at, back in the time where 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 you would get judged for singing or. Uh, maybe attacked, not being just judged. People use, like, some audience would attack women just for the sake of singing. So... Yeah, I mean, like, Umm Kalsum, her father, dressed her as a little boy because he could not... Yes, exactly. Yeah, at first. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, back to the uh, influentials. <laughs> um, yes. There wasn't like this artist that I was like, oh, I want to be her. No, but 
um, I wanted to have the, I mean, they, they just encouraged me to, mm. to be who I am and to try and shape it in the way that they pursued their career. Every music or artist or song um, has touched me in different way from coming from different uh, artists too. So um, that's why I also find it hard to answer this question. So please forgive me. No, I will <laughs> ask you one thing, another thing, and it may be really hard as well, and you might not have an answer again. Mm. Um, maybe you'll have multiple answers. Um, is there anything that you are listening to nowadays? Like, I think the music is seasonal, right? Mm. And seasons have almost like a soundtrack. Mm. Um, so is there a tarab song of the season, shall we say, or several tarab songs of the season? Hmm. Also hard. <laughs> yeah, like okay, you would find me. Like I, I mean, let's take yesterday as an example. I was just yes. like going through Imkulthum for over like four hours, <laughs> and today I woke up like I feel like um, it's like Asmahan mood. Oh yeah, because <laughs> so, it was oh, beautiful yeah. weather and sunny, mm, sunny, yeah. and you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know, but. Um nowadays I'm trying to practice let's say because I mean mm-hmm. whenever I'm trying to sing or like having some uh vocal uh trainings mm-hmm. uh I like or I tend to listen to Im Kulthum when she was young like very very young mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean her techniques are just insane <laughs> mm-hmm. um um asmahan too because mm-hmm. uh she was also exploring different uh music genres with her mm-hmm. brother Farid. yeah um Huda, of course oh, i love Nurul Huda. late introduced me to one of his his favorite song by her and i did not stop listening to it because he pointed out like a violin solo in it. What is it called? I'll get it for you in one second. I think I know it. Yes, I think so. But hold on, let me make sure. I think so too. I told you. <laughs> and the violinist, Abud Abdel Ail. Mm. Yeah. Who's incredible. Who I just started listening oh, to yeah. his solos. But he introduced me to that song. And my favorite thing about these, doing these, is... I'll have listened to things, but you'll you'll teach me new ways of listening to things. And I appreciate that so much. Like, that is invaluable. I think that's why I'm trying to pick your brain and get you to give me a song or an answer so I can go and be like, okay, let's see what Hamona hears. I'm going to shower you and, and so many songs after this episode. <laughs> Please do. Um, but yeah, I just, I think I really loved that you described Tarab as like the things that are, the most sacred and the most beautiful in the world, right? The oh, experience. Yeah. I mean, nowadays we, we, we use it as a, dis- like, we use it to describe uh, a mood. Like, we say, like, ah, oh, Shuf had a tarban. He's like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, he's, he's feeling the moment. He's, like, into this melody. Like, he's diving through it, you know? Yeah. It's almost like he's, he's like, on a high. 
yes exactly yeah yeah so uh and it, it makes sense it does it does yeah <laughs> um Tarab is a beautiful thing and Tarab brings people together i've met so many people through it um and through their love for it and we spoke about this in i met sense. you through it yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. and i Hedi talked about this in his second episode where he's like, Tarab is community, mm-hmm. especially in the diaspora. Oh, yeah. Because you, when you go to, when you go and you listen to a certain type of music, you're like, okay, this this person also love this, loves this music like me. And maybe we're experiencing it the same way. Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah. is so beautiful. Of course. Okay, so going back to something we mentioned earlier and why why we think that Tarab isn't, pre- there's music, lots of music, but Tarab is rare. And mm-hmm. um, and why do you think that is? Um, you mentioned industry and it doesn't benefit it a little bit in the beginning, but what do you think it is about the industry? Can you elaborate? Of course, yeah. I mean, um, so nowadays we have the contemporary music, right? And Tarab is different than contemporary music. It differs from it. Uh, Tarab music back in the days or also now uh, is focused on maqam skills combined with poetry and classical Arabic language. And the most important, rich instrumentation. Whilst contemporary music is structured differently and affected by some Western elements, and it's not necessarily a fusion, but it contains more MIDI and electronic instruments. Mm. We also have the contemporary Tarab music, where you would see mutual aspects of both genres uh, combined. But if we want to discuss uh, the presentation of both genres nowadays, we would both agree that the music industry is preferring to highlight the contemporary music much more than tarab or classical music. And I'm, I'm tending to use much more uh, not over tarab because I still want to give the credit for some music industries. Mm. And that, that could be because of a lot of reasons. One of them, one of them would be because it's way easier or, conven- or convenient and it takes much less effort to produce. Mm. That, doesn't, that doesn't particularly mean that it's wrong, but all these companies are simultaneously building and developing an artificial system that doesn't certainly serve all kinds of music and genres. Mm. And this has uh, pros and cons. By focusing on few specific genres like contemporary, alternative music, pop, electronic, and establishing uh, a specific uh, commercialism protocol, making it the lead line of a successful uh, desired music, they are also taking control over uh, the audience Hmm. and limit their unlimited options while um, drowning them in over 60,000 release per day. Oh, man. 
yes, 60,000 release per day of the same shared music genres, or to be honest, repetitive tracks. I might get attacked for what I'm saying, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. This creates uh, this creates a serious uh, conflict for some hardworking musicians and struggling independent artists and how they want to pursue their career, trying to adapt to these uh, criterions in order to fit in. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, uh, music industries and social media has impacted the music world in an astounding way, and I'm grateful for it. Being able to freely share your material, your music, your art on your own feed, your own feed, and expand your network by getting to know a lot of people, a lot of artists, people from the industry, from all over the world, uh, has made the the musical growth quite marvelous and mm. smooth. Right, this is how we met through social media, but affected us artists and people uh, in so many different aspects. Mm. The urge of feeling that you need to keep posted or updated with everything going on around you. The guilt tripping of not being active on social media properly creates this bubble and an illusionary competition where you start questioning what you're doing, your art, or even its worth. And I recently uh, shared a thought, uh, or it's a question actually, that basically says, have you recently made art without thinking how it would look on your social media? And my DM DM exploded with responses from artists, from people who felt this sort of confrontation and shared their honest response where it was like 80% people who no. said no. No, yeah. Exactly. Because we so, think about how it'll be received. It, it's exactly. changing from being a tool to, exactly. to the end. Exactly, yeah. and, and the whole point or the, 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 the truth is creating is difficult and slow. It takes years to, to create and produce and the process is priceless and I just can't put into words how valuable it is. And this acceleration uh, eliminates or doesn't necessarily reflect its worth. We're, we are human beings at the end, not machines nor robots. This world has limitless space. It needs to be filled with music and arts to help keep it real. It's a it's a yin and yang, like yeah. the space would love to be filled with art and beautiful things. Exactly, and, and there is things. space for every single kind of art. Right. There doesn't have to be like a competition, or no. we don't have to feel this kind of acceleration. We just have to enjoy the journey of, of producing or of creating art. You this know, is the whole really, thing. Yeah. There is no beauty without a process. Oh, yeah. There is no beauty. And, you know, I really think, I really love that you said that we're not automated machines. And I think about that a lot, like, even aesthetically, right? We, particularly as women, 
where like you look this way, you look that way, but no art is perfect. Then it's, it's oh, yeah. it stops it's it stops being art and starts becoming automated. Right? I it's- I of course, and I would lo- yeah like the the perfection mm-hmm. is not just like it's it's not uh, a destination. No, I think of it as waves. You get to feel it sometimes, but it's not a destination. No, it's it's right. also a feeling because we as human beings, um, we're not gonna get enough of anything. We no. would def- we would always uh, strive and crave for more. Yeah. So it's are, yeah. 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 Not yeah. just only not just uh, in the music uh, scene or the art uh, culture in everything but you know what's really interesting as well about that it's like we may feel glimpses where something feels perfect which i would classify as startup where everything's just flowing perfectly and harmoniously um but also what feels authentic and startup does not flow from anything inauthentic and i think that's why startup doesn't flow from the industry because the industry has become or the commercialized commercialization of music mm-hmm. has made that music is no longer an authentic um, yeah. pr- there, there is a lack of authenticity yeah there is no it's not an authentic and that's the thing notice that I say music as a process not music mm-hmm. as a final product mm-hmm. music as an authentic process but music as a final product mm-hmm. and compromising that authenticity will, will make it constantly fall short of Tarab or anything that you know Tarab would um, would need to be mm-hmm. um, experienced the way it, it is to be experienced. Yeah, that's why I mentioned like uh, the the system or like the artificial system that they established doesn't necessarily serve all kinds or all music genres, and that's why you don't get to see much of a thought of music nowadays in the music industry. And that's why also thought of is still timeless. I really love that perspective because I, I honestly, as a consumer of music, mm-hmm. I thought it was that people weren't interested in producing this type of music anymore. But it's really I don't interesting. Think so. like, yeah, that's- just like look around you and, and watch people uh, get touched by this music. Mm. They love it. Hmm. but um, it's just how the industry uh, is taking control over the music and the audience too. A commodification at its finest. Yeah. Yeah. I love capitalism. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Thank you so much. That, that was really interesting. And I really loved how thorough and passionate you were about um explaining like the statistic of 60,000 releases a day wow oh yeah yeah yeah. you can go and check it out Uh, like you can google it it's it's the truth and to be honest it takes courage to to say it out loud I mean that's why I mentioned that I might get attacked for it like as an artist like a criticizing um the music industry and in this way uh but it's also a sensitive uh, issue for me. Like mm. I struggle with it, right? Because right. I don't want to. I don't want to stick for um, 
I don't want to like make repetitive tracks all over just for the sake of being productive. I just mm -hmm. can't do it. This is not who I am as an artist, mm -hmm. but I find it hard to fit in. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's a very sensitive topic to discuss or to, to, to talk about out loud, but mm -hmm. it's necessary because it has to change. I know there are a lot of artists who are like struggling, struggling the same thing. And it's very hard for them to find a spot in this music uh, world just because of where the in the music industry is going. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Mona. This was such a thought-provoking and insightful episode. Um, I'm really, I'm so excited that I met you and I'm so excited and fortunate that um, I get to be in the same great city as you and guys, follow her on Instagram. I will soon <laughs> tag her in... Um, these um posts and tune in next time everyone for Tarob episode seven thank you thank you so much thank you Mona. thank you <laughs>